Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maudie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are gonna live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal and we're gonna get after it starting right now. All right, so this is part of the show that I get to give a shout out to you. My sincere thank you for rating and reviewing the show, My Labor of Love. These ratings and reviews seriously mean the world to me. This comment comes from S.H.C. Smith. We're going to call her Smith. She says, I listened to the third episode while I was working out and loved it. It is on real life situations and financial info to help you get on track if you're off. Loved both Maudie and Emmy. You are right, Smith. Emmy does rock, and I accept your compliment as well, so thank you. And I would love to hear what you think of the show. Please leave a review, and I would love to give you a shout-out on a future episode. All right. Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast, Margaret, aka Mo. Smith, I'm so stoked to have you here and just to just to chat and dig into your amazingness and what you've got going on and share your inspiration with our listeners. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm super excited to be here because I've also been watching your journey through Instagram and Facebook the last couple of years, and I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing with such intention and purpose. And so I, yeah, when you asked if I could be on your podcast, I was like, for sure, because I think we have a lot of alignment in the things that we value and that's just really exciting to me to watch. So absolutely. Thank you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for saying yes, for being here, for showing up and, and for those words, it's interesting behind social media. Sometimes it can feel pretty lonely. And so yeah. that affirmation I will take. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's very true. It's just the truth. Yeah. So why don't you take a couple minutes just to introduce yourself generally to our listeners okay. before we really dig into your story. Okay. Uh, So yes, my name is Margaret Smith and I go by Mo often. Uh, My journey has been one of, I grew up, I'm a local Seattle native and grew up in the area and got my degree in social work and in art. And from there, I have always been in a place where I've constantly had to ask myself, what am I supposed to be doing? What is my purpose? I've been asking myself that since I was probably 13. And so every step of my journey, I kind of just take the next step in front of me. And so that led me to coaching. I coached volleyball for a little while after school. And then I went and got my master's in social work. And then I worked at the Seattle Art Museum for about five years. And after that, I literally fell into the real estate industry. And it's been in the last eight years where I've really found myself and found at least what I think is part of my purpose, which is really helping people realize how powerful they are on their own without anyone else. And so it's been a journey that I've really like had so much fun with and have been challenged constantly and have realized that I got to the point where 
it was time for me to start my own thing and start my own company because I'm very passionate about speaking, teaching, learning, reading, and just fully embracing the journey and not so much the destination. That's amazing. So, you know, part of your purpose, do you mind sharing that? Sure. Yeah. Part of my purpose is uh, to shine my light. Mm. As simply put as that, uh, because I've realized that my presence has an impact on people. And when I realized, when I realized that in the last couple of years, I, I was just blown away by, I actually have the, the opportunity to add value um, with my energy, with my presence and with the words that I speak. I have an impact on people and I have to take that seriously. Yeah, absolutely. When did you really realize that, that you, that you have value and you have a pretty profound impact? Well, working, having the opportunity to work in a small business, because we all, when you work in a small business, I realized you actually impact almost every aspect of the business, whether it be financial, HR, um, anything related to people, PR, marketing, all the different things that you get to touch on. And when you realize that all of a sudden your actions have implications or consequences at a much faster rate. So it was kind of like testing something out. And so I realized when I walked into the office that if I was not in a good headspace mentally, I could, it would actually bring people down pretty far because my energy is so um, kind of like potent. Like I believe everybody has really potent energy that I could choose to bring the room up or I could choose to bring it down. And that was my choice. No one else's and nobody else. Um, I have control over myself, no one else. So that's kind of what really it leapt out at me and I can't ignore it when it's that like when you have some awareness that comes to you, you it's like uh, if you ignore it, you will have a physical reaction to it. Yes, so. absolutely. The universe will keep showing up again and again until you listen. Yes, so much. So tell us how, tell us how you fell into real estate and tell us a little bit about the last eight years where you really found yourself. So when I was leaving the museum, all I knew, there's a quote, and I forget, I think it's by Elizabeth Gilbert, where she says, it's okay if you don't know where you're supposed to go or what you're going to do. You all, if all you know is that you just, it's not this, you just have to move forward. And so I was, when I was getting ready to leave, I just put a big message out to my network and I said, hey, you guys, I don't know what I want to do, but I know I just need to start interviewing. I just need to start talking to people. And so a friend of mine, Jen, talked to a friend of hers who talked to Jesse Moore, who's the owner of Pickett Street. And she, um, they just passed the route around and she knew Jesse was looking for an assistant. So she said, would you take, at least take an interview with him? And I said, sure. Thinking like not in a million years, would I work in car sales or real estate ever? ever. (laughs) As a social worker, I was like, no, I don't like manipulation. I don't, I don't approve of the way most car people, car salesmen or car people, real estate people sell. And I took the interview and I ended up actually like after a couple steps, taking an interview with my aunt and my uncle. And I actually worked for their business for about six weeks and then went back to Jesse, finished the interview process, thought I would still be there for just, I was thinking like six months till I got my next, what I thought was going to be my next career move. And what I realized was when I walked into that office and I began to understand where the real estate industry was at, I was like, Oh shit. And then I just realized, I don't even know if I can swear on your podcast, but I was like, all day. All okay. day <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. This, there's a massive opportunity here. Real estate is behind in so many ways, culturally, socially, professionally. I think I can actually make an impact here. And then I began to see the situation for a lot of the administrative staff 
um, at the market center level, at the team level, individually. And it was, and it's sad. And it's sad in a lot of industries, but I realized that my skills were really underutilized in every other job I ever had. I never got to utilize my people skills, my creative skills, all these things that you get to do in a small business because you have the opportunity to. And so that's how I, I literally fell into real estate. And then once I saw the opportunity, when you show me something, you don't have to show me how to get there. You just got to show me like what's possible. And then I figure out the way there. And that's when I thought, okay, this is going to be a cool journey. I think I can, I think I can teach. I think I can speak. Um, and that's kind of what, how it started. So you thought it was going to be six months and then you quickly realized that there's this huge opportunity and that there was so much missing in real estate. And can you tell us what you did, what impact you had with Pickett Street over the last eight years on, on closing those gaps, on, on harnessing that opportunity and utilizing those skills that you mentioned to move that small business forward? Mm-hmm. And with Pickett Street specifically, I did not realize that so many of the skills that I had worked on and developed and just had innately, like my ability to organize, my ability to prioritize, my ability to take initiative, my ability to really bring all the details of something together and make it happen. I didn't realize that that was an asset that was so desperately needed. I just thought, oh, it's just like a lot of people can do stuff like this, right? No, actually not, Margaret. Not not a lot of people can do that. And it's actually unique to you. And so bringing that to the team along with um, my love for people. So I have such a drive to help people succeed and to help people understand their power and to be a support to them. Again, I did not realize that that was a unique asset. And so when you give me the the open space and the autonomy to kind of go for it, however I will, that was the first time I've ever been given autonomy in such a, like such a manner. So I was able to develop projects, work with people, practice hiring, interviewing, um, actually getting to create, which I didn't realize was what I was missing. And so with Pickett Street, I got to develop uh, a retreat that I do now annually. I got to develop um, campaigns for marketing, not only the houses, but our team. I got to figure out how, what it was like to be a part of building a culture, really a culture that has integrity and honesty and authenticity, which is so sorely needed, not just in real estate, but in, on this earth, like in this planet. It's just, it's not... So many people talk the talk, but do not walk the walk. And I am, I love doing the hard work of walking it and it's not easy at all. No, absolutely. So the skills that you mentioned, you just like rattled them off, like, like they were nothing, you know? Um, And I think a lot of us or a lot of people or women specifically don't spend the time to cultivate what we're already good at or to really harness, harness our strength on them. Um, So when, before you went to Pickett Street, did you know that you were already good at all of those things or did you learn that in the last eight years? I think I really learned and also accepted it because prior to Pickett Street, I had had comments from people that I always remember different things people to say to me at different times, which is why I believe words have such power. Um, but I had people tell me that I had an internship while I was in grad school with a photography nonprofit organization and the, and the director there said, God, when you, when I walk in every day and I see you and you're smiling and you enjoy being there, I'm like, is she crazy? Or have I just never worked with someone who really liked what they did? And so I would get comments about my energy, about my smile, about my presence and about my ability to make anything fun. And again, I just thought that that was just 
I mean, that's just my personality. That's how I choose to live life. I didn't really see it as an asset. And now I realize it's a huge asset because most people don't approach projects or everyday occurrences as something that's fun. And that can be fun if you choose to make it so and really enjoy yourself. So yeah, I think I really learned that these were not just things that were a part of me. They were actually skills. And so then I was able to focus and practice with them mm. and then accept them and be like, this is, this is my superpower. Yep. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that you just said like listening to the words because we sit down, we're like, okay, what am I good at? Well, oftentimes that people that surround us are way better at pointing out what we're so good at. And so I think that that's such a great tip is if we don't know, ask the loved ones, ask the people that oh we interact yes. with every single day. I'm sure they would be able to point out what we're super good at, what are super yeah. good we don't know. Yeah, you just reminded me, actually, as you're saying that, uh, Monique Hellstrom, she used to be the chief of Simon Sinek. She came to my re- one of my retreats a couple years ago, and she had us do an activity where, if anybody's listening, if you do this, pick five of your friends. I did 10, actually. Pick 10 of your friends and ask them to like just text them and say, hey, can you tell me the three things that I'm best at? And then the why you're friends with me. Oh you get back are incredible. And then if you actually turn around and give it back to them, yeah. it's uh, like the best gift. And that was also when you look, when I was able to look at those 10 people and what they had sent me, I caught the themes and the themes were honesty, like my ability to be really honest and upfront, creativity, passion, like the, then the words started to come out and then I could use those words in my language to really help describe myself. That is such a great yeah. tip. Okay, say that again. So text five to 10 friends and tell me the the words to describe, say it again. Yes. So text 10 friends. They don't have to be all close, but 10 friends um, and ask them, what are the three things or what are three words that describe my strengths? What are my top three strengths? And then why are you friends with me? That is so beautiful. What a gift to give yourself. And then then to reflect that back. That's That's amazing. I love that. It's a cool exercise. Yeah. Okay, so you were at Pega Street for eight years. I read Jesse Moore's amazing, glowing testimony and review. So tell us, tell us uh, what you've got going on now, what you're launching, and tell us why. What's the why behind it? Okay. So I'm launching a company called I Love It When, and the why behind it is that I realized towards the end of my time at Pickett Street that while I loved the people and I loved the result of what we were doing. It wasn't entirely encompassing my purpose. And my purpose was becoming bigger and stronger. I tell people, it's like, I have this crew of people behind me. I don't call them angels. I call them all sorts of things. But um, for a long time, I've had to tell them, well, no, I can't do that right now. I'm doing this. No, I can't do that. I can't tell them no anymore. So basically I started this company to really do what I feel like I've been, I'm here to do which is to inspire people, to help them uncover um, parts of themselves that they didn't know were there or that they didn't really want to acknowledge. I want to bring vulnerability and love into the workplace because I believe that that actually needs to be there. And um, I want to ask the hard questions. And so this company is all encompassing of those aspects of me, of my values. And I want to bring that not to just the real estate industry, but to industries everywhere. And so right now, primarily... I offer coaching and consulting for owners and admin in the real estate world. And then I'm going to be doing this retreat that I do annually for admin um, starting in 2021 or as soon as some of the more of the COVID rules lift, 
then I'll be doing it four times a year for admin in any industry and then one for just women. And then always, I'll always do one for admin of real estate. But yeah, so that's kind of my hope with this company is that I really get to pour for the first time ever, 110% of myself into what I think is my purpose, what I believe is my purpose. That's amazing. So as a small business owner myself, so I own an insurance agency, as you know, tell me why bringing love and vulnerability into my workplace would, would, should be important to someone like me. For someone like you, I think at the essence of it, I believe that every human has this ultimate desire to be seen and vulnerability and love are what helps bring that out. It helps us to connect and really bond at the soul level. And so I think if you really want to create a company that's going to make a difference and that's going to serve people, no matter what industry you're in, those are two characteristics and things that need to be in every part of your business. And so one of the things I love talking about with a colleague of mine who's out of Minnesota is he talks about compassionate systems. So it's not just administrative work. It's These are systems that support you when life happens, when people die, when um, things happen in your marriage or in your family or with your friends that you need to stop working and go and go like deal with, talk to and be, be with those people. Then your systems back you up with compassion, meaning you have systems in place. You have people in place that believe in what you're doing and can support you during that. And so I think the words love and vulnerability just in and of itself, people are afraid to say and afraid to talk about. And so when you have fear involved as well, then that just, it blocks everybody from being their highest and best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really passionate about the admin side of things. Tell me more about that. Super passionate about it. I think one primarily because it's mostly women and I definitely have a heart and a place for women always. My, I come from uh, my mom's family. She had five sisters, one brother. And uh, so very female um, kind of empowered sitting at the table, growing up with my aunts all around me, listening to their stories, learning from them and understanding that when I walk into a room and it's mostly men, I actually have to do different things in order to prove myself. I have to uh, speak a certain way, act a certain way. And I understand that there are a lot of women, especially in administrative roles who do not feel worthy who do not feel like they have a voice, who can't speak up with that voice to support themselves, support their families. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous in so many ways because their voice is often the missing link in the business and and, and what would actually show the owner what needs to happen because they're in the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I have to tell you, I think that that statement right there would cause a little fear in business owners. (laughs) Yeah, I know a lot of people, a lot of business owners, I've heard some say it. I think some have said it without me in the room, which is totally okay. They are fearful of me. They're absolutely fearful of me because I am um, absolutely helping other women to speak up in these roles and they're not prepared for the conversation. So why is it so it's important for them to be able to speak up? And is it is it something that we business owners or male business owners should be afraid of? No, because most of the time, the things that admin have to say, they might feel like a criticism of you, but actually it's just another perspective. And if you take the emotion out of it, they're going to bring you a part of the picture that you couldn't see yourself, which is what you need in order to succeed. If you're open to hearing it, 
you can hear these aspects that other people, like I know that I don't see the whole picture. None of us do. I want people in my life. They're going to call out things that I don't see because then I have a much higher chance of succeeding. So no, they they do not need to be afraid of it. But I think uh, we all struggle with this, myself included. We all struggle with not feeling like we're good enough with having imposter syndrome and male or female, whatever owners they are, they are, they're totally worried about not being good enough. And so they're just afraid of their ego being hurt, essentially. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember one time, and this might be a silly example, but it was the first time that my office manager, who is still with me, this was years ago, she's probably only six months in, came to me and said, I, I, I noticed that something wasn't getting done on a daily, and it was kind of a, a silly thing, but it was important to me. And I brought it up and I said, hey, I just noticed this isn't getting done. And she said, I don't have time to do that and this. So can you let me know which is more important to the business and I'll focus oh, on Great question. <laughs> I love it. And I, I was taken a little bit aback, right? Like in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't think she'll get done, but it was so amazing to kind of sit with that and, and realize she's, she's right that we can't do everything. And so what kind of business do we want to have? What are our priorities? And, and open her, um, flexibility up to even be able to come and have the conversation with me. It felt really um, scary and then rewarding, right? It opened up a whole new level for our relationship as well. Oh, cool. Good for her. I know. So many women do that. They would just struggle with the like, okay, well, I'll try and do both. And then maybe start making mistakes more and more rather than saying to you, like, I don't know with the hours that I have during the day, how I can do both. But to give you the option of saying what's higher priority to you that's really awesome. That's a good level of self-awareness. Yeah. I thought that it was, it was great for, for our relationship as well. And I love that you said that, um, the admin really, they shine a light on the blind spots. They shine a light on the areas of the business that, um, the owners maybe can't and don't want to see a lot of the times. Yeah. I mean, oftentimes, um, speaking specifically to real estate agents, just because I know them best right now, they say one thing because maybe they heard it at a conference or a class or something. They say, well, I want you to own the business. I want you to drive it. I want you to do it. Then they don't really realize. So what that entails is everything that an owner does. So we are often the people that everybody comes to. I knew when I was in the midst of it at Pickett Street, I knew everybody's family, what was going on with their kids, um, who had something going on that day, what they were struggling with what everybody in the office or the market center had going on, I knew everything. And so I'm at that point you become, I mean, I knew how to make myself indispensable before, but I really realized I really am indispensable now at this point because I just know so much. And I know you don't have to, after about year three or four, you get to the point where you don't have to ask that many more questions and you can just do. And so I think after you get into that habit, the owners oftentimes will forget the work it took to get there. And then they don't realize all of that learning and all that time that you've, and that time that you've learned how to prioritize how their brain works into your brain. It, it takes a lot of time and effort. And I think sometimes they forget that. And so you get to the point where you just kind of take it for granted sometimes, or, or uh, I would meet a lot of owners who would say, God, I wish I had a you. And I'm like, you know, if I walked into your business tomorrow, I wouldn't be able to do what I do for Pickett street right now. Like that takes years. And so it's re it's, I think I find myself often helping people reassess expectations and understanding that this can't happen in six months or a year. Definitely. 
Yeah. So, so, okay, you have these four retreats. I'm really curious about them. I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, you have a specific admin only retreat. Uh, we talked, I mentioned, you know, kind of being lonely on the social media side. I would imagine that would be amazing for the admin to be able to get together and be around peers in a situation where maybe you don't get to spend that much time with your peers on the daily. So what is the importance of having an admin only retreat? I would say the number one most important thing that I try to educate owners on as much as possible is that I got to where I am today and I did the things I did for Pickett Street because I met other people, period. Like, yes, I had opportunities to have autonomy and things in, in the business with Pickett Street, but it's because I started in November and in February. So just like four months after starting, I went to my first conference and it was, he paid for it, took me all of it. Well, when you put an admin are actually pretty good at networking. We're pretty, because we have to be resourceful for the business. And so you put me in a place where there's 14,000 other people. I made it my business to get to know other people. And so I met admin who were not only helping just one agent, but admin that had expansion teams, 15 to 20 real estate teams across the U.S. So the systems that they're using, you've got to imagine, are quite robust compared to where we're at with our size team. And so I realized real quickly that in order to become the most successful operations person for my business, big, like 80% of that is networking and then applying those skills that I heard about and learned about from other people. And so this retreat gives us an an opportunity to do that and realize that like 80% of our success is actually personal development related. It's not about what system we use, what database we have, what drip campaign we use. If we don't actually work on ourselves first, as admin, we're not going to be the best for our business. And I think oftentimes the personal development is so focused on the owner and on the people who are, which is rightly so they need, they absolutely need to continue to do that themselves. But we are kind of like the mini owner, like the way Simon Sinek and Monique Hellstrom described it before. I really liked it. He described it like being in the military. It's like the admin is the next in line. So if something happens to the owner, we are the next person to know what to do. And that's a, a role that requires a lot of work, responsibility, and growth. And so this retreat is geared towards that entirely. It's, and I wanted to provide a really high, high-level experience that they don't normally get exposure to. So that means being in a room with just 39 other people and an author that normally is in front of thousands of people. And that, is that Susan Scott? Susan Scott, Gary John Bishop is another one who wrote the book, Unfuck Yourself. He's coming back this year. Also had Monique Hellstrom, um, Stacey Adams, who's now the VP for, I think it's ABC. Just different, different people that have a lot of knowledge and perspective and value to add to the room. And to be able to sit in a room with them and actually ask them questions, like have enough space in the time that all 40 of us get to talk with them. It's an incredible experience. And the energy in the room is intense when they're yeah. there. I bet. And so I think I saw something that it sold out like in a record amount of time. Yeah, that was part of also what led me to realize, okay, this is the time to break out because the first three years I really spent cultivating the niche of it and selling the heck out of it. So calling everyone I knew and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing. I know you don't know me, but would you come to this retreat I'm holding? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. By the time I got to this year, I didn't even have the agenda. I didn't have the speakers solidified. I had nothing, and it sold out in forty-eight hours. So I knew that it was time. Wow! In forty-eight hours, and and what yeah. role did did you have in that, Mo? 
and selling out and not even having an agenda, not even making those calls and selling out in 48 hours. What role did I have in that? I mean, I did the countdown on social media. I do like to give people, I think what I realized I'm good at too is uh, communicating with large groups of people, whether it be through social media or on in a class or in speaking engagement. And so uh, now enough people know me from around the United States that I can say, all right, you guys, the next retreat's coming up. You know what it's about. You know what happens there. Seven days from now, tickets are going to go on sale. Um, leading up to that, I've just been really good at planning a really epic event that's streamlined, that's value packed. That's, I mean, I do it at a price where I knew agents would pay for it. And if not, the admin could pay for it where really I, it should, it's probably twice, twice as much. Like it should be twice or three times as much, but my plan was not to make money. My whole goal these first three years was just break even get the word out, make a huge splash so that I can get to the point where I don't have to sell it and it sells itself. Well, congratulations because you're there. Thank you. That's amazing. a really good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. That's an amazing feeling. Yeah. Three years of value-packed, amazing retreats has led you to selling down 48 hours with no agenda. That's amazing. Thank you. So tell us about, so that's the admin and that's, you're just for real estate admin? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So tell us about the other retreats that you offer. So I haven't done any other retreats yet, which is why I'm really excited to, with the start of this company to have the opportunity to go. And so my goal in 2021 is to have the first retreat that will be for admin from any industry. I think right. I'm going to start there. And then the other one that I could see myself doing would be a retreat for women only and not industry specific at all, but just women focused. So I think hopefully depending on where COVID goes, and what happens there, my hope is to have three retreats in 2021. And if, do you have a wait list that we could get on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can totally email me and get on the list and pick yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That is amazing. Okay, so tell me about your coaching and consulting with this new company. I love it when. So I've only opened up 12 spots. And that is because, again, I like to be really intentional about where I spend my time and my energy. And because I pour so much into people and I'm naturally an introvert, I need to make sure that I have time, make sure that I have time for myself and time for these other things in my business that I want to work on. But I also love seeing the journey of someone and seeing them take strides. And so it's been a really interesting process to have these 12 spots. I have two that are gone and they've actually gone to people that, again, I didn't expect them to. I thought all my clients would be admin and the first two clients are agents out of San Francisco. And it does make sense to me because a lot of the work that I'm doing is communicating with the owners and helping them understand the admin perspective and how to work successfully in that partnership. So yeah, I'm only going to have 12 spots and it'll be for admin or owners. And really I could work with people outside the real estate industry as well. And I want them to be people that are aligned with my values. So these first two people are people that really want to delve into the gray areas. Like they want to figure out how to um, bring in the love and the vulnerability and talk about spirituality and kind of the the gray area that is not well-defined, which is totally me. Not to mention then they get that system side of me too, where I can help look at their processes and systems of their business and how they can streamline those. So so what what does love and vulnerability and values-based business do for the bottom line? What does it do for the bottom line? That's a good question. I believe that when you operate from that perspective, 
the money that will flow to you, like I've already seen it begin to flow to me, is not something that brings in the level of stress and anxiety that I see in a lot of people. It also is a different kind of reaction and relationship with money and thus a different relationship with people that you employ and the people that you partner with. Because when you bring those aspects in, all of a sudden, nothing else really matters. The money does matter. You need money to operate. But when you have these two other things, I would do anything for people that I love and that I care about and that I back. And I think I proved that with my time at Pickett Street and what people saw me kind of journey through with Jesse and with the people that came through the doors of Pickett Street. I was a cheerleader for every single person that came to that door. And they knew that no matter what, they could come to me with whatever it might be, business or personal or otherwise. And I basically, I was testing over and over again what the power of love and vulnerability can do. And I believe that it's tied directly to your bottom line. And that if you have that throughout your business and if it flows seamlessly throughout your business, you'll see growth and you'll see wealth and you'll see all of those things that you want manifest. Totally. I believe that as well. So you have 10 spots available and someone would just email you to get more information. Totally. Yeah. So I want to just ask a question that popped into my mind because I work with a lot of women who are in the, I don't know what to do yet. I don't know what to do with my life phase. I I don't know what to be when I grow up. You know, I, I feel like I need to redefine myself again. And it sounds like you've done that a couple of times throughout your journey. So what advice would you give to someone who's like, I don't know what my next step is. I love that question. I would say give in to that, surrender to that. So um, don't ignore it. I've never, thankfully, I've gotten to the place where when I left the museum, I was sitting in meetings at the time and I didn't realize it, but I was actually starting to have uh, panic attacks. And I never knew what that felt like, but I was, I almost blacked out in one meeting and I was like, this is my body telling me something. And so if you're feeling that way, give into it. And then I would actually say, the first thing I would do is start meditating. And it might sound like it's nothing because I thought it was nothing. Um, But if you're just, even if you just do two minutes a day, every day, and you could start with, if you needed some more guidance, the Miracle Morning book, um, that was actually what kind of led me to my new morning routine. I started that two years ago and it changed my life. And all I can tell you is that meditation is what helps me tap into my own thinking, my own thoughts, my own heart. And I think that's the first place to go when you're figuring out the next iteration of yourself. Tap into your own thinking, your own heart. I think that's beautiful because so many of us live our lives in a state of constant go, 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 or we don't even give ourselves the two minutes to do that. Oh, and I'm thinking of like, I don't have kids. I'm thinking of all the women I know in my circle that have kids that are, um, have all sorts of different people in their lives that, I was just talking to someone this morning who said, you know, it's not just about me. It's about my kids. And she said, I think I've been playing small because I'm worried about the impact on them. And I think people, especially women really struggle with that. And I really feel like in order to actually have the best impact on your kids and on people that are around you, you do need to lean into figuring out what you're supposed to do and be next, what that next iteration is. Cause that ultimately that journey is where you're, that's what your kids are going to learn from. And they're going to watch mom or dad find, find that. And then they're going to want to find it, which is the whole meaning. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I heard someone say, you know, your kids don't really listen to you, but they watch you yeah, and yeah. They watch what we're doing. And so that is so true. If they know mom's playing small, if 
mom's like shining only half her light. They're pretty intuitive, right? Right. Yeah. They know that. They're like little sponges all of the time and they're watching everything we do. Yeah. Yeah. I have the uh, Marianne Williamson quote right here on my desk about playing small and shining your light. And I remember when I told my coach that, that I went, I feel like when I walk into certain rooms and, and to be honest, a lot of the rooms were real, real estate rooms and a lot of um, rooms with a lot of men. I felt my body do that. Actually. I felt myself like, let's get a little smaller before we walk in. Wow. And so it, this poem, this Marianne Williamson poem was so great for me at that time. It's like, um, it is actually my job and my responsibility to shine my light as brightly as possible so that it shows other women, other people, what is possible for them as well. Oh, I love that. How cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's so important. So, uh, what, what am I missing? What, what question do I still need to ask you, Mo? that everybody needs to know about I love it when or what you've got going on. Let's see. The last thing I would, uh, would say that people need to know is that a big part of this new venture for me is based is me leaning on and based on my intuition, which is not something that I've talked a lot about over the last couple of years. Cause I always felt like the feedback that I got from that was negative or People are like, well, what's that? that's wishy-washy. That's what's that's that's uh, that's a weird thing to talk about. And I've realized now that again, that is a part of my superpower is leaning on my intuition. And so um, I named the business I Love It When because of Enma Mangles, who's a strategic intuitive advisor that's local to the Seattle area, and it's a phrase that she uses with her clients to help them reframe how they think. And so the purpose of me naming it that is so that when people think of me, they think of, oh, I love it when, and then they'll actually be starting to, to say it in their mind and they'll start to use that phrase more because it's really helped me decide what next step to take every single day. It's based on how it makes me feel, the joy it brings me and what I want more in my life. And that's how I make my decisions now. So, Oh, that's amazing. I love it. What I'm going to use that. And I'm always going to think of you when they use that. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. And where can our listeners find you? You can go to iloveitwhen.org and then my email is just mo at iloveitwhen.org. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook too. Okay, awesome. And I like to wrap up all of my podcasts with the same question. So, Mo, what does living on purpose mean to you? Living on purpose means to me living with intention, which really means deciding and having the, making the choice of how you're going to live out every single day and living it with intention. So even if that means you don't know what you're doing on your journey career-wise or with family or otherwise, it means every single day deciding to live. For me, it's living with joy and with my life and uh, making every interaction that I have with another human intentional. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. I was so excited. Thank you for saying yes to this interview. Oh, for sharing you. your light. Of course, um, your light is a gift. And so I am so grateful that you shared your gift with our listeners. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It was really fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you love this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. 
craving community and connection with like-minded badass women, feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time, always keep living on purpose.